Earlier in Matthew's telling of Jesus' arrest and death, he makes sure to note that the disciples all ran away, but Mary Magdalene stayed. She stayed. So, of course, she is one of the ones to show up at his tomb. Of course she is. Of course. She comes to see. As you might know, the resurrection story appears in all four Gospels, and we you know, kind of rotate through them depending on the year. John is typically people's favorite, but we do spend time in other versions of this story that is so well-loved and so familiar. Now, Matthew's version, which we heard today, it might be my favorite, and no, it's not because it's the shortest one, which is kind of surprising because Matthew is long-winded in literally everything else he has to say, but... This one bit of his story is quite short. But I think maybe that's because when you come right down to it, there isn't a whole lot of extra you need to say on this day. Christ is risen. He is risen I mean, that seems kind of like enough, right? Like just, just about enough. And the same is true for Matthew. He doesn't go on and on. He just tells it like it is. I went back this week to a few um, previous Easter sermons I've preached over the years, and I noticed that besides Jesus, the one thing I talk about most in those sermons is my pure and unadulterated love for Reese's eggs. And that has absolutely nothing to do with this day in the church or this moment right now, but I just thought I'd say it in this one too, just because it now seems like a tradition that I have to say it. So there we go. And you can fight me on it, but I'm right. Uh, Matthew's gospel version of the resurrection story is my favorite because for once, for once, Matthew leaves out so many details that the other gospel writers include. Usually, it's the other way around. He includes so much more stuff than anybody else. And at the same time, for how short it is, he also includes a few small details that no one else does. One of my favorite preachers and professors, Anna Carter Florence, regularly teaches pastors to always follow the verbs. Actually, she teaches this to anybody who wants to do a Bible study of any kind. She said, nouns will get you details, but verbs will move you. She's so smart. Huh? Huh? Puns? We like puns even on Easter. I want you all to notice as we continue in this story how the main verbs in this gospel are go, tell, and see. Go, tell, see. In verse 1, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. In Matthew's gospel, the Marys didn't go with spices. They didn't go to perform the acts of burial. They went to see the tomb. That's it. You might wonder why, but if we take just a minute to think about it, it will make us realize most of us have done this same act. There is something awful and powerful and painful and final, but also important about seeing the place where our loved ones are laid to rest. Sometimes a loss 
just doesn't feel real until you see the place, the urn, the gravestone, the printed date on a funeral bulletin. We just have to see it. Two weeks ago, I preached a sermon very clearly preaching my love of Mary Magdalene and how she's by far the best person in Scripture after Jesus and how we should pay attention to the role given to her in the Gospels, but particularly in Matthew's Gospel. She is so important in this story. Earlier in Matthew's telling of Jesus' arrest and death, he makes sure to note that the disciples all ran away, but Mary Magdalene stayed. She stayed. So, of course, she is one of the ones to show up at his tomb. Of course she is. Of course. She comes to see. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothes white as snow. For fear of the angel, the guards shook and became like dead men. Obviously, this is a terrifying moment, an earthquake strong enough to roll a huge stone away from the entrance of the tomb, and like a shiny angel sitting on top of it, all casual-like. They come to see the tomb, and what do they see instead? An angel of the Lord. Fear seems about right. Now, the guards, who had been placed there by order of Pilate, at the urging of the religious leaders who were worried the disciples would come and steal the body and then tell everyone that Jesus rose from the dead, those soldiers faint. I know the verse says they shook and became like dead men, but that was just Matthew trying to do those big, strong, manly men a solid and not say fainted, but they fainted, okay? The guards fainted. The women did not. That's right. The casual angel perched on the stone after making quite the entrance says, don't be afraid. Well, it's too late for those guards, obviously. I know you're looking for Jesus, but he is not here. He has been raised. And then my favorite line, the angel said, as he said. <laughs> Jesus said this would happen. He already told you this was going to happen. And here you go. It did. The angels tell them to come and see the inside of the tomb and then go and tell the disciples that Jesus is risen. And Jesus will meet the disciples in Galilee, but there you will see him. Now the angel of the Lord tells them they should go and tell him. Well, our translation is just a little clunky. What the angel says next amounts to, while you are on the way to go tell those guys who are hiding, you, the Marys, will see Jesus. The angel doesn't say, on the way there, the disciples will see Jesus. The angel says, you, you will see, you will see Jesus. Mary Magdalene, you, and the other Mary. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. I thought about this one verse a lot this week. I just love it. The the combination of fear and joy is a very unique experience. It's not just joy in Matthew's gospel, but great joy. You might think these two feelings are not compatible until, again, we take just a little time spending a moment thinking about it when, just do it, think when the last time you felt fear and joy at the same time was. I just went skiing. 
It was fast and scary and a lot of fun, right? Getting to the highest point of a big hike if you're afraid of heights like I am. Flying, traveling, learning to drive, trying something new, leaving a job, starting a new job, falling in love, breaking up with someone, going to college, getting married, literally literally anything having to do with parenting, like anything. Good gosh, do you remember when they put a baby into your arms and you're like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, am I, am I in charge of this person? And then they let you leave the hospital with that person and you're like, okay, I guess this is it, all right. Right, you, anything with a child, you're holding a baby and you feel so much love and fear at the same time. Fear and joy is setting a boundary, saying no when everyone around you wants you to say yes. Fear and joy is being vulnerable. I could go on and on and on and on. They coexist all the time, and we all know what it feels like. This is not unique to the gospel story. And it's maybe not exactly the same as the fear and joy of the Marys, but at least in some form, we can put ourselves in their place. They don't know exactly what this means, but they do know it's a big deal. They don't know what's going to happen next, but does that really even matter? Fear and joy don't require understanding or certainty. They just are. So they run with fear and joy, and on the way, who shows up to just the two of them? Jesus. Yes, it's the Sunday school answer. I figured you guys could do it. Just like the angel said, you will see him on the way, and there he is. And I love that Jesus just says, greetings, as if he didn't just rise from the dead in this shocking moment. It's so casual. Like this is maybe not the biggest moment of their lives or anything. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, this is where the gospel reading this morning ends, but just a few verses later, the disciples, having listened to the women, thank you, St. Matthew, for this version where the disciples believe the women. The other ones don't do it that way. And they are on their way to Galilee, and Jesus again does what he says he will do, and he shows up in front of them, and they see him. Go, tell See, did you hear all the times those words showed up in today's gospel? It's just a short 10 verses, and these verbs are everywhere in it. It kind of reminds me of that Mary Oliver quote, to pay attention, be astonished, and tell about it, right? This is what they are doing on this first Easter. The Marys go to the tomb they go to see the tomb, and instead they see Jesus. They go expecting to see death, and instead they see resurrection. And thank goodness they do what the angel tells them to do. For just a moment in today's gospel, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary are the only two people who know what happened. The reason we are all here in this room today, the reason we sing the hallelujah chorus and celebrate and cheer and yes, eat Reese's eggs is because the women were the first to know, but they were not the last. 
They were the first bearers of the good news. They were asked to go and tell, and when they did, they encountered Jesus. So I don't know with what feelings you are sitting here today. I don't know if you are sitting here struggling with doubts, not sure what you believe, feeling like all of this God stuff doesn't quite fit you like it used to. I don't know if you're bearing the weight of some deep grief or loss and feeling it particularly acutely on this day. I don't know if you've shown up because your mom made you or because this is just what you're supposed to do on this day. I don't know if you are holding this strange combination of fear and joy or if one is for sure stronger than the other. No matter what, no matter how you came to be here, no matter why you are sitting here, you are here and you have come to this place and it is here that you see. You too have seen Jesus alive, risen, present with us yet again. Today you too have seen the death of death, the glory of new life, and the promise that we celebrate on this day that love wins again. And now you are asked to simply go and tell. See, go, tell. Amen. All right, so before we send you, I want to tell you my favorite go and tell story. Obviously, it's about Mary. And uh, Mary went, started telling the good news. Mary Magdalene went, started telling the good news of Jesus rising from the dead everywhere she could. And she eventually got an audience with the emperor of Rome because she is awesome. And so she was standing there holding a white egg in her hand and she said, Jesus is risen. Look, new life, new life. Jesus is risen. And the emperor said, I will believe Jesus is risen. It is about, I won't believe that. It is about as likely as an egg turning red. And the egg in her hand turned red. Yes, it did. That's awesome. And that is why, you don't know this, but that is why we dye Easter eggs still. We've turned them pastel, which is a lot lamer than a red egg, but it's fine. Um, a lovely group of ladies from this congregation painted me a bunch of red eggs for Easter, which is the best gift, oh my gosh. And I have, I know not everybody wants a red egg, it's fine. So there are also red beads in the back as you're walking out this morning. If you want to pick up a bead and take it with you to remind you when you see it, you have been sent to go and tell because you have seen that Christ is risen. And we are called to go and tell that good news wherever we can. And then miracles happen when we tell the good news. There are a few of these wooden eggs that are unpainted. And if you're feeling crafty today, there is a table with red paint and paintbrushes. That's not my jam. I'm glad somebody else did it for me. But uh, if you want that, you can grab a wooden egg and paint during coffee hour, or you can just take a bead with you on your way out. There's lots of different styles and you can do whatever you want with it. But when you see that bead, you'll be reminded that you are called and sent. And now we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. <laughs>